Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Back to another instant reaction edition of the Night Report podcast, Richie. We've got a couple new coaching staff changes to discuss on the program today. Uh, new receivers coach Damir Shaw, who was previously on the staff, but as a, I believe, some kind of off the field role, like director of player personnel or something like that. Not necessarily that role, but and uh, the new hire from outside the program, former James Madison defensive coordinator Corey Heatherman. Uh, Richie, talk to us a little bit about how Damir Shaw came to the staff full-time um for uh director of player development no personal player development one of them i i don't remember either shit uh whatever (laughs) off to a hot start um yeah no he uh he's been on the staff for two years he uh has a ton of connections to um fran brown obviously secondary coach they coached together at temple um philly guy coached together at baylor as well apparently i was talking to temple guys yesterday about him Matt Rule was super, super high on him, like wanted to promote him to a full-time assistant coach back during uh, his Baylor days, but just didn't have a spot at the moment. He was a little younger back then too, so he's still kind of learning, but he was very close to getting another assistant coaching role before heading over to Fordham where he was the wide receivers coach in 2019, the season before Shiano took over. Um, we had, like everything we've been told was he was going to be the CB's coach, the cornerbacks coach. He was going to, he's telling high school coaches that too, like, to the point where he was basically on staff. He was kind of filling in that 10th role. And then it sounded like he was going to take over and just instead they obviously had an open position at wide receivers. And they're like, all right, Shaw, you coach wide receivers last year. Why don't you go do that instead? Like you, you can do that. You're, you've done it everywhere you've been, except here where you were going to be cornerbacks with Fran, but regardless, um, good hire, very young kid. Um, I think he's younger than me actually. Or he's around my yeah, age. so he's a high school grad of 2012. There's an interesting connection oh, here. So he went to Cardinal O'Hara High School. He was a freshman on the football team when Tom Savage was a senior quarterback there. So he was uh, a receiver and a cornerback there. He originally signed at a high school to go to Temple. He got injured and ended up uh, not playing football at Temple, but I guess he was uh, under rule still. He was probably a GA or something like that or a student assistant. So he does have a very close relationship with Rule. I think he followed him to, to Baylor as well when yep. he was there. Um, he's, he's worked with a lot of uh, receivers as like an, uh, like an assistant wide receiver slash st- uh, student uh, assistant. Whatever you want to I mean, call he, it. <laughs> yeah, whatever you want to call it. He worked with like Robbie Anderson, Keith Kirkwood, um, Denzel Mims. Like he's, he's assisted to get some guys in the NFL, which is a pretty good feather in his cap. So this is a guy I feel like if you saw the video of him getting introduced by Shiano, like clearly a lot of the players love him. Like he's really close with Fran. Like Fran was like, you could just tell he was just beaming in that video. So I think this will also help keep Fran happy at Rutgers too. Not that, you know, we were in the, not that we were going to lose him necessarily right away, but I think anything that can help keep him on campus as long as possible is, is a big plus. Yeah, no, I, I got a couple funny DMs actually when I when I tweeted out the Robbie Anderson, Denzel Mims, and all that stuff. First one was like, I'm just reading it again now. It's like one former Jets receiver, one soon to be former Jets receiver. <laughs> Another one was like, wow, he coached two guys who couldn't run routes. If you showed it to them on a map, 
how do you call oh, that God. solid hire when these are the guys he's worked with? It's like, ouch. Like, you know what? They yeah. made the league. They, they had some good good couple games, I guess, here and there, whether it be college or even with the Jets maybe at times. But mind you, it's, it's the Jets. Come on, Mike. Yeah, like, guys, they're, they made it to the NFL. Like, that says a ton about where their development went. Like, you don't get to the NFL without solid development in, in college unless you're like this, you know, Doriel Green Beckham type where you're just like a freak and you saw how quickly a guy can burn out and they're not, exactly. you know, working on their craft. Yeah. So, I mean, Robbie Anderson, undrafted guy at a temple and he's entering his like seventh year in the league. So clearly he's got some kind of development that happened in college. Yeah. I, um, actually, as we're recording this, uh, Dewan, uh, I can't talk. Dewan Samuels, the 2023 D, uh, DN edge target just actually quote tweeted it and said, uh, my dog, man, congrats coach Shaw. With like the hundred emoji and all that, so I mean, man, he's he's got like he's close with some of these kids already. So I think uh, he's going to pay off in the big time in terms of recruiting. Uh, I think he's going to connect with these kids, and I I think you're going to see him uh, maybe not have as much of an impact as Fran does in South Jersey, but I do think you'll see him have a pretty good impact in terms of uh, maybe maybe the Big North and, and especially the Philly area. Like Greg said yesterday when we were talking to him. Um, their GPS actually stopped working in Philadelphia and Shaw was just kind of like, I oh, go there, go left, go right. And it's like, all right, like, this guy knows what he's talking about. Like this guy knows the Philly area. So he's from down there, coach down there at Temple. I, I think this is actually a pretty solid hire. Now he's got big shoes to fill. Like Tyquan Underwood was no slouch in terms of recruiting, especially the Florida area where they had, where they're still in it technically for a couple four-star receivers and Bryson Rogers, Santana Fleming, Hakeem Williams. Um, he's going to have to uh, fill those shoes pretty quickly. I don't know how it's going to happen, if they're going to be able to land those, any of those three receivers, but I do think he'll get some uh, pretty good recruits in year one, especially. For sure. Um, and Gianno, honestly, he wouldn't hire this guy unless he fully believed in his capabilities as a coach. Like he could, he has the clout to go out and, and get high level coaches. So if, if he's a guy that Gianno wanted as, for the role, I'm all for it. I think the hesitation was like you were saying, like, there was a lot of guys who on the staff could get moved. And we've kind of seen that uh, with some of the hires. And mm -hmm. I think he was just kind of exploring all avenues before he made a final decision. Um, so speaking of exploring all avenues, um, we got another coach that we want to talk about here, Corey Heatherman. He's from James Madison. He's been the DC and D line coach there for the last three years. Uh, they've had top 10 defenses in the FCS each of the last three years. He won the 2021 Assist, FCS assistant coach of the year. This one seems like a great hire, Richie. Yeah, no, hundred um, percent. It's interesting just looking at like a plus 17 turnover margin as a DC only gave up 250 yards of offense last year per game. Um, like you just said, uh, FCS assistant coach of the year, which is like the Royals award, same thing for FCS um, connections to Harris Simiak who's a new DC. This is a pretty damn good hire. I don't really see anything wrong with it at all. Like if you, Looking back at uh, every stint he's been at or every coaching um, stop that he's been at has been pretty successful, whether that be Maine under Harris Simiak as head coach. Now Harris Simiak's the D.C. and he's going to be linebacker coach. The only thing I kind of question there is uh, he's never co coached linebackers before. He's like a DN's coach everywhere he goes or D.C. or defensive line coach in general. Um, so there is a little bit of a question mark there in terms of linebackers, but he did have a pretty damn good linebacker there this year in uh, – who was his name? Kel Kelvin Azanama, third-team all-conference linebacker, had like 100 and something tackles. Um, yeah, he also that Diamante Tucker Dorsey dude. Yes, Diamante, and he was like one of the high. I think they're highest graded, right? Uh, PFF. Yeah, he was the he was their highest defensive 
graded player on PFF. He was the 13th ranked linebacker. He had an 89.7 grade overall. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, uh, seems like a pretty pretty good hire in general. Um, I'm intrigued to see what they do with Bob Fraser, whether he goes to an off-the-field role and they hire another assistant coach, which is very possible. But I, I tend to think that Fran or Fran that Fraser is going to be uh, involved somehow, and I, I do think he might still be a tenth assistant or whatever you want to call him. Maybe not linebackers. Um, I was looking back at his resume today or his um, coaching. I don't even know what you call it. Coaching experience, I guess. And he he has coached. Uh, I don't think he's ever coached anything other than linebackers before. But he has been uh, an offensive line coach and tight ends coach, which was kind of interesting to me. Hmm. because he did, it does seem like there's going to be some shuffling going around. Is it possible Nuns goes back to running backs? You put Frazier at tight end slash special teams, like most special teams coordinators do anyway, and then go with uh, Augie and Aurich as two O-line coaches? Is that – it's possible. I mean, it's not crazy because we have heard Augie been talked about quite a bit with, uh, with offensive linemen, whether it be the transfer portal or Willie Tyler who mentioned him. Um, a couple others have mentioned him over the past couple of weeks. Um, I know, I think Jason Stone actually mentioned him too, the new 2023 commit. Yep. Uh, so, so it is intriguing because he's only coached three, Frazier's only coached three or three positions ever. And you don't have, you have an open special teams role. So now just kind of fill, I'm filling in the dots here. I'm just kind of mixing and matching. Well, Greg said it yesterday. Also, moving stuff. It also kind of creates the, the speculation that maybe Frazier gets moved to like a role similar to Joe Susan, where he's still coaching, but he's like an analyst or some kind of like special assistant to the head coach. And that opens up another recruiting role um, because I mean, we still don't have a special teams coordinator. It, there's been speculation that we're not going to get a full-time special teams coordinator. So currently there's five offensive assistants for defensive assistants. So if we do hire somebody else, it probably is going to be a defensive assistant because right now we've only got, Harrisiniak, we've got Heatherman, we've got Watson, we've got Fran. So yeah. it's it's interesting. And and like I know a lot of people on the boards keep saying they're like, oh, Bob Fraser is not a good recruiter, he's, he's useless on the road. Why are we putting him there? And it's like, yeah, he's also the same guy that landed you like Quentin Gauze, like Logan Ryan, Steve Harness, um, Trevor Morris, Kamal Seymour. There's there's a bunch of names. Um, he usually plays a pretty big role in terms of recruiting uh Canadian kids as well whether that be Wesley Bailey, Renee Conga. Um, I'm just naming them off the top of my head, so I can't think of any others right now. But uh, I think he even played a role in Jamal Westerman, if I recall correctly. Doesn't he have a Canadian connection in general? Is he does. The guy? He's one of, this, um, one of the trainers up there, one of the academies or whatever they are up there. But, um, yeah, so let's not act like he's, like, the worst person in the world. Like, he, he also played a pretty big role in uh, recruiting Austin Dean, who – I do think actually he's probably going to see some time this year just because they're zero depth there, but that's a different story. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think uh, Fraser still stays on in what capacity to be determined, but like Greg said yesterday, they are going to switch some things around. Um, he said, you got to put everyone on the bus he was referencing and then you got to switch the seats on the bus. And I'm like, yeah, what? Mm, this one? an interesting analogy there. Bizarre one. I, I think uh, I could have used a couple other like, different analogies but whatever i'm not knocking you greg i'm just saying but uh yeah yep. two good hires I, I don't see anything wrong with either of them um i don't know if you can consider showing upgrade like i said before he's still got some big big shoes to fill in terms of uh heatherman I, i'd say it's arguably an upgrade but it's hard to say upgrade when fraser still might be on staff so it's like 
Yeah, and just to kind of like highlight a little bit more that this, so Heatherman didn't really have a connection to Rutgers, nor did he have a connection to New Jersey outside of being very close with Harris Simiak. So Harris Simiak played football at Springfield College, and he met Heatherman when Heatherman was a GA there. They both GA'd the following season as well at Springfield. So they spent two years at Springfield together. And then when Harris Simiak got the job at Maine, he hired Heatherman to come on to his staff. So he was a, a, an assistant there for four years at Maine as well. And then he went to JMU right after uh, Harris Simiak left Maine to go to Minnesota. So they they know each other very, very well. This has the feel of Shiano kind of gave, it seemed like Shiano kind of gave Gleason the ability to choose one of his assistants as the OC. This one feels like he gave Harris Simiak the ability to kind of influence one of his assistants as a DC. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, everything I'm seeing about this guy sounds like he's a fantastic coach. Um, he's originally from Oxford, Massachusetts, which is, uh, if you're not familiar with the state of Massachusetts, it's uh, right outside of Worcester or Worcester, whatever you want to call it. Um, when he was at Maine, his primary recruiting area was South Jersey. So it sounds like he's recruited the area before. Um, but this one's a bit more of an, uh, an enigma in terms of his, his background because he doesn't have a strong Rutgers connection outside of Harrison. Yeah. And interestingly enough, I didn't even mention it on here. I know I texted you about it. 2019 FCS player, defensive player of the year, sorry, offense was Trey Lance. Defensive player of the year was um, Rondell Carter. Rutgers transfer, yes, yep. who they kind of pushed out, kind of stupid it looks like now because he's with the Texans. But, um, yeah, he, he coached them to arguably the best player in college, in FCS college football. So it's like you got the guy knows, uh, guy knows talent. Yeah, uh, but besides the point, I'm, I'm always going to always one little dig at Ash in every pod. That was that was tough because I remember he was only here for a year. Fucking tight ends. Well, he, I remember him getting a lot of hype in the preseason or in, in like spring, uh, like the spring and the summer. And it's like, man, Carter, I mean, he's not going to play this year, but he looks he looks really good because he yeah. was a guy we got out of like Baltimore or something like that. Like he was. Uh, Baltimore, Virginia, I forget. It was somewhere in that area. Yeah, but he was like a guy who was pretty under-recruited, and then he was just a force in like in practice. So Yeah, it, it, yeah. it's crazy how he went from like tied for third in JMU single-season history for sacks, <laughs> named yep. all first-team All-CAA, then FCS Defensive Player of the Year, and first-team All-American. It's like, all right, what, the, what happened here? Like – you messed up somewhere, Ash, but yep. we, we say that quite a bit, though, over here. Yep. Just imagine what uh, what the team could have been looking like a couple of years, or I guess even last year, with Rondell Carter, with Kenny Pickett, with blah, 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 blah. Kenny Pickett, Rondell Carter, and Tom Flacco, but we'll ignore that one. Dude, if you, if you think about it, thinking back to, like, the guys who ended up not being here who either like we could have had or had committed at one point. I remember like going through it with one of my buddies once it was like Saquon, Jonathan Taylor, David Njoku, like so many like high end uh, NFL players that we could have had if it's, not for just ineptitude. It's every single year. You just look more and more at it and it's just like, it, it just, it stings. Cause like a bunch of my buddies, I will talk about it too. Cause they're, they're not Rutgers fans. They're, they don't even watch college football ever. 
But then I watch the NFL and they'll be like, holy shit, look at this guy. Like, imagine if he went to Rutgers. I'm like, yeah, he was committed at one point, actually, if you really want to know. Yeah. Oh, him? Yeah, I was like, yeah, he's committed too. Oh, him? Yeah, yeah, I know him too. It'd be interesting if somebody did like a uh, an alternate, like a butterfly effect of like what happens if Shiano doesn't leave in 2011? Like what the program could look like in the following like five to ten years? Eight. Because wild. between the recruits that we missed out on to – Almost immediately, Penn State having that scandal hit them. So they were down. There was just like such an opportunity there. We got the the, the Big Ten invite. Like there was just everything converged to help Rutgers and we blew it. The timing was there and they just, there's just nothing can be said. And it just, it fell apart. Obviously he left. Um, Flood did his best to keep it afloat, which I, I actually don't think Flood did as much damage as people say. I think it's more of like instead of hiring someone else after him that was like equal or higher, they went like dumpster fire times three. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, no, not good. Not good at all. But uh, yeah, done. Solid hires though. So we'll, we'll see what happens this year. Um, that, the only thing, like I said, the only thing I'm concerned about is he didn't, has never coached linebackers before. <laughs> I guess like yep. you can consider an edge like a defensive lineman at this point. Um, it I guess it is technically also probably um, before two five last year a lot under Smith will it be the same. I don't think you have a choice really because you don't have many linebackers to begin with. Yep. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of role he uh, he tends to play, but he he's obviously very knowledgeable with defenses in general. He's been successful at Maine, been successful at. Um, what the hell? Uh, James Madison, I can't even think of the name. Um, is he more successful than – is he the reason Harris Simiak is at where he is? Debatable. We'll find out. Debatable. Interestingly enough, uh, in college, he went to Fitchburg State. Played quarterback oh. there. He was a quarterback, quarterback. Yeah, for three years, yeah. Oh, sure. Pretty good one, too. Um, he led them to two conference championships. Uh, he went 21 and 11 as the starter. Pretty good. He's captain. Uh, top 35 under 35 coach by the AFCA, which also is the one that ranked him, uh, what do you call it? The uh, FCS coach of the assistant coach of the year. Yep. Um, that's interesting because I think the top 35 under 35 is not just um, FBS. I think that's everybody. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, because like I think Brian Hartline won it last year, the year before, whatever it was, or was one. Oh, interesting. Yeah, no, that is every coach, and he, he ended up getting it, which is interesting because they go all levels of college football in general. It's not just FBS, FCS. It's, like, even lower, I think, because I've never heard of Wheaton College before in my life, and that's on there. Yeah, I haven't either. But, it's uh, interesting, too, because if you if you watch interviews with, with Heatherman, that dude is intense. Like, he is a guy that probably jives pretty well personal personality-wise with Shiano. And uh, Shiano is going to be a guy who – is going to be able to get these like up and coming coaches that want a big break and are willing to work. And uh, he can kind of chew out a little bit. And I think that's the reason why there's a youth movement in his staff, because when you're green, you take, uh, take, I mean, I think that's kind of why he wants high school kids too, because you can mold those guys. You can mold the coaches, you can mold the, the players to kind of fit what you think they should be as players and coaches. So actually, um, there might be a new hire. Really? Are we breaking news here? Not, not breaking news, but there might be a, like, technically not a new name yet, 
but it does uh, it just it sounds like uh Frazier might be uh off the field. So there is yeah. a new role somewhere. So maybe my my article I was writing as um someone's getting hired, Heatherman over here, maybe it might be worth salvaging after all. I was uh trying okay. to put together something just quick and I was like, you know what? Since we don't know what position Greg's going to hire, I was just going to name like why they could hire a QB coach, why they could hire a running back coach, why they, and then just name like three candidates that possible potential candidates or whatever. And there's, there is some interesting names. I know you mentioned Huggins before. Um, Steve Shimko, someone mentioned on the boards up at uh, Boston College right now. Rutgers guy under Shiano. Um, I, I don't know where he would fit because, man, I mean, maybe they do need a tight ends coach because maybe none moves and maybe Frazier's off the field and now they don't have a tight ends coach. And it's like, Although, uh, I, don't, I don't know. There's so many interesting moves you could do in it. Maybe you just want a recruiter. And if you want a recruiter, that's kind of what that tight end's role is for. So maybe let nuns go coach running backs. Let Augie, Augie coach. What, is Augie a tackle or a guard? I can't remember. Uh, I thought he was a guard. Uh, maybe he'll guard for the Saints. Interior offensive line and average coach's offensive line. Or I don't know. You can mix and match so many things. Um it doesn't seem like anyone else is leaving, so to speak, but it does sound like it does sound like Frazier would be uh is gonna be off the field and then I, I don't know, we mix and match just about everybody at that point. So you know a fans. lot. Yeah, it's, I'm I'm thinking to myself now, Shiano, I think, has more players become coaches than most programs. Like if you look, like there's just a lot of guys in the northeast who are coaching big level high level college football right now who were players under Shiano. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, every program has players that become coaches, but it seems like, you know, back from we were kids, like I can think of like, you know, at least a dozen players that I watch play at Rutgers who are now coaches somewhere. Um, yeah. So it's almost like he's developing his own pipeline too. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Cause did Matt, I'm trying to remember, cause I was looking up like former Rutgers guys. Did Matt Simon play for Rutgers or did he just no. He, I think he just coached. Just coached. All right, never mind. That, that defeats my whole narrative that I was going with right now. But forget that. Um, I think he was. I think he was like flex guy, wasn't he? He might have been. I forget what he was, but I, I, I was going to go somewhere with that. But forget that one now. Obviously, um, I think he's at Minnesota now. Actually, he is. So I believe they played together at Northern Illinois. God, that makes a lot more sense. He's actually a Minnesota native. I never knew that. Um, besides the point, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it, it's, it's interesting. I don't know where they're going to fill this 10th role. Uh, you can kind of like Shiano said before, they're going to mix and match guys. I don't know what the hell is going to go on with that offense. I do think people are going to, you're going to see something get announced within the next week. I think I said by the weekend to you the other day, mm-hmm. sounded like, um, they're going to just announce it. I think you're going to be like, Oh shit. Oh my God. Augie's O-line coach. Like, Oh, weird. I heard that on this podcast. Like, hey. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, uh, I don't know what they're going to do. Nuns is staying somewhere. I don't know where, whether it's tight ends, wide receivers, running backs. I think wide receivers is technically the only one he hasn't coached yet for Rutgers. Yep. He's been OC before at this point, he's been head coach, which was wild. Um, so maybe, hey, you know what? Fuck it. Put him at wide receivers. I can't put him at wide receivers. I'm an idiot. No. Amir Shaw. I don't know what the fuck's going to happen over there. That that That's going to be a whole switcheroo thing. In terms of 10th assistant, um, who would have to be defense? Huggins would right. have to be defense. Um, mm-hmm. Damaso Munoz could he get promoted. But do you want another um, 
what was he, DB? He was a DB, right? Linebacker. He's linebacker. linebacker. An outside linebackers coach. I don't know. <laughs> you want another DB's coach, really. In reality, when you have Fran, you have Harris Simiak, who was a safeties coach and probably specializes there. Shiano, DB's coach. Like, yeah. Know, do you, Marquise Watson's a little young. Do you give him like a D tackles coach and kind of be like, or DN's coach and be like, Watson was a D tackle in college. Hey, Westerman, you want to go coach D's and you're pretty young, up and coming. You kind of filled in when uh, it was a mix between him and who was the other guy? Noonan or Valone? Noonan. Um, I think Valone's on offense now. Yeah, Valone, even though he played D-line here, he's the assistant offensive line coach. Yeah, so maybe maybe you go Watson and Westerman and just rock with like all this, all these young guys and kind of hope that they can recruit. I mean, Westerman filled in, like I said before, or, or Noonan. Noonan was pretty good, too, and he seems to uh, have a pretty prominent role in the program regardless. When um, Panagos wasn't there with for bowl practices and stuff, it seemed like he kind of stepped up and filled that role as well. And then he filled it the entire year Panagos missed. So, I don't know. I think, um, obviously, they'll get interviews. Now, it's going to be tough if someone else, like, shows interest, like a Heatherman type. It's like, all right, how do you say no? Like, we'll find a role for you somewhere. Yeah, I think Chiano is intentionally kind of being open-minded with this because you want to just hire the best coach you can and figure out where they fit in next. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're maxed out at offense at this point. Yeah. Like if you hire – if you can find the right guy to be your special teams coordinator who's like a stud recruiter, blah, 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 like maybe you hire that. But if you find a guy whose specialty is DBs, you make Fran the DB coach and the new guy the CBs coach. Like you make yeah. it work. Yeah, but, 100%. Um it, it, it is interesting. The staff is just completely new. And I don't think I would have guessed any, like, every scenario I went through my head, I don't think I ever saw like them hiring like two very, very young coaches like this. And it's yep. pretty crazy, but I mean, you got guys to promote within possibly you got uh, potential Jersey guys, I'm sure around the country. Um, I'm going to try to put together that list of whether it be Huggins or Munoz or whoever. And I'm going to try to put together something on the boards. Uh, I will have something with uh, James Madison writer. Yes, they have beat writers. Never knew that. Wild. They have a rivals website. <laughs> They're like the closest thing to an SEC school in the FCS that you can get. They have like I know a few friends who went to JMU. Like their football tailgating scene and and is just like insane. Really? Um, huh. Yeah, it's it's a fun school. Um, hmm. They have a pretty big stadium for the FCS. Like, I want to say it's like. 30,000 plus. Um, yeah, we're talking about FCS, by the way. They are yeah. Sunbelt 2022, baby. Oh, really? Did they they F- make the jump? FBS. So he got out. He's like, fuck that. I'm not doing that. And I just lost like all my seniors. I'm done. Count me out. Oh, I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, actually. Oh, wow. They announced the Chris Ignetti announced it today. That's, that's the other thing we didn't mention. Um, so Shiano, I guess, kind of knows or got a little insight i'm sure um about this guy beforehand because kurt signetti brother of frank signetti who's oc at pitt who stole underwood who now struckers is now stealing kurt signetti's coach and everyone's got these conspiracy theories that it's like fuck you signetti fuck this other signetti fuck your family Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh geez it's wild but uh yeah, interesting. So I'm, I'm sure he probably reached out to whether it be reaching out to even Frank himself. I, I could see them still talking every once in a while. And I could see him saying like, all right, like, hey, what's what's the deal with uh, this dude down here? I know he wants to go to FBS, blah, blah, blah. He interviewed, he applied, all that, whatever. So, yeah, 
I mean, he definitely did his homework. He did. Um, but we're running a bit long. Richie, you got any final word for the fans before we sign off? Um, let's see. Anything good. Um, talked to Antoine Wolfolk's high school coach yesterday. He was dinged up a little bit. He did play yesterday. They did beat Mikey Williams' team. Um, really? But he barely played because he was he missed the past three games with an ankle injury, but he is back. But side note, okay. before that game, he's averaging 13 rebounds a game. So all you knocking him for being a center at Rutgers, he he will be decent if they don't lose everyone at the portal. <laughs> oh, it, it, this will be uh, Pike's true, like, test. The biggest test he's probably had since he's been to Rutgers is how do you adjust and use the portal when you like to develop your guys? Because if this, we don't go heavy the on the portal, game. we're screwed. This is the year you lie to guys. I, I know he doesn't. He says he doesn't lie to them. But you just tell them whatever they want to hear just to get them here. And then you figure it out. But, yeah, that's all I got. All right, guys, and thanks for tuning in. This has been another Instant Reaction edition of the Network Podcast. We're signing off. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.